Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 9. Treasure Found Chris knelt down and started to reach his hand into the opening. Wait, Chris, Marie exclaimed. There might be a snake or spider in there. Looking around, she picked up a stick of driftwood. Here, use this to poke around in there before you stick your hand in. Chris grabbed the stick and stuck it into the opening. He heard a thunking sound as the stick hit a metal object inside. You hear that? he exclaimed. I think we've found Charles Perkins's treasure. Carefully, he used the stick to bring the object to the front of the opening. Then he reached in and brought it out. It was a small tin container about the size of a large can of peaches. It had a lid and a small wire handle. The outside was a little rusty. Maria jumped up and down excitedly. We found it! We found it! Open it quick! See what's inside! Chris held the can in his hand. Don't you think we should wait? Wait? For what? Maria exclaimed. For John Perkins, Chris answered. You're the one who reminded me that it's his treasure, so shouldn't he open it? Yahoo, Chris! The shout made Chris and Maria both jump in surprise. After looking around wildly for a few seconds, they finally spotted John Perkins waving at them through the lighthouse window above them. John! Chris yelled as he motioned with his hands. Come see what we found! John hurried down the steps of the lighthouse and over to where Chris and Maria were. What did you find? A hermit crab? Nope, Chris said with a big grin. We found this. We think it's your great-grandfather's. John's mouth dropped open in surprise as he took the container from Chris. It looks like an old round lunch pail. How did you find it? Chris and Maria took turns explaining how they found the clues and solved the mystery of the secret treasure. John just shook his head. You two are amazing. I, I don't know what to say. Don't say anything, Maria said. Just open it. John let out a chuckle. I can do that. He took out a pocket knife and began prying off the lid. Chris and Maria held their breath as he dumped the contents out onto the ground. Out tumbled three old coins, a bronze button, several agates, a small piece of painted wood, and something wrapped up in a small piece of soft cloth. John picked it up and began unwrapping it. Inside were several old pieces of paper with words handwritten on them. This looks like a page out of my grandfather's diary, John said. Now I know why it didn't make sense when I read it. Some pages were missing. And here they are. Can you read it? Chris said excitedly. I'll try, John said. That oilcloth protected them, but the words are really faded, and it looks like my great-grandfather didn't have the best handwriting. After a few moments, he began to read. I didn't think I'd ever make another entry in this diary. The sea almost got me. It's only by God's hand that I am still alive. I've gained a new respect for the sea and for my father's advice. I am a changed lad, though no one will know this incredible story until they find these pages that I put in my secret hiding place. Father told me to stay off the beach, but I ignored his advice as usual. A ship had wrecked off the jetty, and I wanted to see what had washed up on the beach. It was stormy, and the wind was really blowing, which made the waves high. Father told me it wasn't safe to be on the beach. I thought I knew better. I didn't. I snuck down to the beach after supper. I saw something floating in the water close to shore. I walked down to get a closer look, and that's when it happened. Out of nowhere, this giant wave came down on me hard. It knocked me off my feet and swept me out into the cold, dark sea. 
I tried to swim to shore, but it was no use. The waves were huge. The water was so cold. It made my arms and legs feel like wood. I couldn't breathe. My mouth kept filling with salt water. I knew I was going to die. The last thing I remember was saying a prayer as I drifted farther away from shore. And then I wasn't in water. I was on the sand. Someone was calling my name, but I didn't know who it was. The voice told me to listen to my parents, that by learning to trust them, I would learn to trust God. When I finally opened my eyes, there was no one there. I sat up to see where the voice had gone, but there were no footprints in the sand. I know God saved me from the sea. He talked to me. I will never be the same. When safely placed upon the shore, my life was changed forevermore. Signed, Charles A. Perkins. On the back of one of the pages, Charles Perkins had listed each item that was in the container and explained why he put it there. Wow, exclaimed Maria, that's quite a story. John nodded his head. Yes, it is. What do you think, Chris? You're sure being quiet. Chris frowned. Your great-grandfather sounds a lot like me. Not trusting. Thinking he knew better than adults. Maybe that's why I found this letter. To help me learn. Maybe you did, John said. He leaned down and picked up one of the coins. It says on this coin, In God we trust. I'd like to give this to you and Maria for helping me, and as a reminder to trust. Wow, thanks, Maria exclaimed. Wow, thanks, echoed Chris. You are very welcome, said John. He handed the coin to Chris. It's a silver dollar. You ought to be able to buy a couple of candy bars with it. So don't lose it. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.